Hey everyone, my name is Byron Howell. Today is Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. And I just want to say hi and I want to take a few minutes and continue the series that we're doing this week about, you know, how to connect or reconnect with God in your life. You know, I don't want to be redundant. We've uh, certainly covered some ground already this week, but we've been talking about just, you know, the extremely difficult circumstances that the world faces right now with the coronavirus. In fact, you know, a number of people that I work with in New Jersey, uh, they got the virus, you know, praise God, they're all recovering now. I uh, found out today that another friend was battling coronavirus for almost a month. I mean, just horrible, horrible things. And that's the sickness side, not to begin, you know, discussing the finances and the problems at home. And I saw a post saying, you know, why aren't people talking about how unsustainable this is for for families where both parents work? You know, how are we supposed to, you know, uh, do the homeschooling for the kids and spend all day with the kids and, you know, keep them sheltered at home and all of these things about how unsustainable this is? And, you know, personally, I just, I, I'm I'm praying about it. I'm talking to God about it. I just, you know, we want an immediate end to this situation. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that that's what God wants, that we would just, you know, that the economy would open back up, that everybody that got sick with the virus would be healed. But this has just been a terrible situation. And, and one thing that is going to come out of it, though, is a lot of people are going to have a renewed relationship with God. And maybe they just had more time on their hands, so they started thinking about God more, they started watching church more, they started reading their Bible more. Or maybe, you know, you face some really difficult circumstances, some just some terrible times, and you turn to God out of that. And, you know, and, and some people have a problem with that, that, you know, that you would only come to God in your time of need or that you would only approach God because you need something. And I just want to say, I, I personally don't have any problem with that. And I don't think God does either. Of course, absolutely. God wants us to come to him, you know, just because he's wonderful, just because he created us, just because he loves us. But no, I don't think for a second that God would ever reject somebody or turn some, someone away just because they're coming to him out of desperation or coming to him in their time of need. I think most most reasonable Christians understand that, but I just want to point that out, that, you know, we should never feel any type of uh, potential rejection or condemnation just because we might be coming to God, you know, or, or trying to reconnect with him in a difficult time. You know, I, I think the Bible shows us very clearly that that is absolutely okay. But, you know, two nights ago, I try to just look at the character of God a little bit and, and just how much God loves us, how God wants us to seek him. He wants us to pursue that relationship with him. And also we looked at, you know, Jesus saying that I've come that, that you might have life in that more abundantly. And, you know, I think... I think if I could ever convey something to to a person, you know, if I could ever convey anything, it's that how wonderful and loving God is. You know, the, I have this this plaque on my wall. It says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's right above the camera right now, you know, and it just keeps me a constant reminder that every good and perfect gift comes down from above. You know, God brings the good things into this earth. He brings the good things into our lives. He does not bring the bad things. I know people disagree with that. People don't believe that. You know, sometimes they think God causes disease, sickness, poverty for some sort of greater purpose, but that's totally wrong. It's totally unbiblical. I don't care what people think. I don't care who disagrees with it. You know, when you take a true look at the Word of God, 
God is our provider. God is our healer. God is our creator. God loves us. God has only good things for us. I heard some someone say it like this. The devil does only bad things and God does only good things and they never switch jobs. And, and you know, it's unfortunate. There's so many people that don't understand that, that believe God does cause bad things in the earth, that God is still going around punishing people, even punishing Christians whose sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus, that there might be some remaining punishment for you or that some difficult time is, is God's, you know, punishment or, or even crazier that God might be doing it for you out of his love. Like God has some insane definition of love that we would never have for our children. But I, I digress. Honestly, I could go on about that all night because I am convinced, I am fully persuaded that God is love. That's exactly what it says in 1 John. And he loves you. He loves every single one of us more than we can fathom. And he has an amazing plan for your life. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. And then last night we talked about reading the Word of God. You know, the, the Word of God is not really a book. I mean, it looks like a book. It reads like a book, but it is God. It is a manifestation of God. And when you are spending time in the Bible, you are spending time with God. You are learning about God. And, and the Bible is not meant to entertain you. It's not meant to be read like another book. There is nothing in existence that compares to reading the Bible. And I know that's that's kind of out there statement. That's kind of a crazy statement. But the Bible is meant to be a bridge between God and you. The Bible is meant to bring you closer, to teach you about God, to open you up to the spiritual wavelength that God is communicating to you on. And it's another example of God wanting to be close to you, wanting to reveal himself to you, wanting to share his love with you. And, and you know, that's why, that's why the Bible is truly in, in a class of its own. There is nothing like the Bible. And, and you know, and, and maybe the first time you pick up the Bible, it's not going to be riveting. It's not going to be exciting. You're not going to love it. You're not going to have one of those moments where, oh, man, I just, just couldn't put it down. You know, I don't know how many people experience that when they read the Bible. You know, you know I didn't for, for years, right? But it was when I came to the place where I said, you know what? The Word of God is true and righteous altogether, that, that this is what I need for my life. This is what I'm going to submit my life to. I'm going to build my life on the foundation of the Word of God. When I took it like that, that this was not optional reading, this was required reading, this was not entertainment, but this was the manual for my life. When I took it like that, boy, it really got interesting quick. <laughs> and, and to be honest, that's kind of an understatement. You know, when I put it, when I put the Word of God where it needed to be, the importance that it needed to have in my life. Then it got real exciting and real important real quick, and it became less and less of a struggle to read it. And sure enough, no surprise, you know, I fell in love with it. You know, that, that God used it to change my mind, change the way my think, help me to understand him and his ways more and draw closer to him. And exactly what the Bible is designed to do, that's what it did for me. And that is absolutely 100% what it will do for you. And so I, I just can't encourage you enough. And and tonight, you know, tonight we want to talk about prayer. And and even 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 as I go through these things, I feel religious. To be honest with you, I feel religious, and I hate it. You know, you know, religion. People people. It's become a bit of a cliche where people say, you know, we want relationship with God and not religion. And I'm not saying I totally understand what that phrase means, but but here's the point. 
a lot of religion is form over substance, that we would be in the right place on the right day, in the right clothes, saying the right thing, and that, you know, that doing everything according to this prescribed manner is how that we could come into contact with God and have this relationship with God. And there's so much form, but see, that's not the substance. And, and you know, you can, you can give grace to people for being that way or for thinking that or even certain denominations that have all kinds of form. When you go over to, to my church where I go, there's very little form. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, there's music and it's loud and it's fun and there's not, not, not any kind of dress code or anything like that. But my point is in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, there was a lot of form, but those people were still in their sins. They were, the blood of Jesus did not cover their sins. They were not saved. They were not God's children, at least not spiritually the way that we are when we become a Christian. We truly become God's biological children in our spirit man, which is the real us. That's getting way out there, not for tonight. But, but my point is here that, that substance substance to your relationship with God. That's the key. That's what we're going after. And yes, there is a paradigm in which we are to worship God, in which we are to get to know God. Going to church, I'm going to talk about that probably tomorrow night. Uh, spending time in the Word of God. Accepting Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which man can be saved. He is the one and only Messiah, the one and only sacrifice for our sins, the one and only way by which we can come to God. That is absolutely the reality. The But, but it's the best way. It's the most amazing way. It's a free gift. It's wonderful. The plan of salvation for, for men is so mind-blowing. It's so wonderful. But, but, but again, what I'm trying to say is it's the substance of our relationship with God that is so important. It is the, not the form, not that we would do everything perfect or say everything perfect, but that we would come to God with an open heart, a true, genuine heart before God. And so, and so I want to stress that a little bit as we spend a few minutes tonight talking about prayer. And so let's just look at a few verses because, because I want to encourage you to pray. And I don't want to encourage you to pray uh, according to any specific manner necessarily. But when I say I want to encourage you to pray, what, what I mean is I want you to begin having an open dialogue with God. That, that I want you to spend time each day talking with God. You know, truly opening your heart, opening your mind, and talking to Him. Luke 6, 12 says, uh, now, this is Luke 6. This is pretty early on in Jesus's ministry. One day soon afterward, and it's kind of talking about after he received the Holy Spirit, after his, you know, his right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Now, to me, that's a truly fascinating statement. You know, that passage alone really impacted me as I begin to think about prayer. And, and what that tells me is Jesus, the perfect Son of God, who had been baptized with the Holy Spirit, who had the Spirit without measure, who, who also, now this is another issue, but he was also sinless, and you know his mind had never been impacted by sin, meaning he was, he was a genius beyond comparison. His mind had never been impacted by sin. He was a total genius. He had this amazing relationship with God. But he, he in all of that knew that he had to spend serious time in prayer. And if Jesus had to spend serious time in prayer, that means I have to spend serious time in prayer. And there's just no two ways about it. 
So if Jesus needs to pray, we need to pray. Now, and let me just say, you could spend hours and hours, and I actually encourage you to do this over the course of your life, not, not tomorrow, but study everything Jesus has to say about prayer. Study the different verses in the Bible uh, about prayer. There's, you know, 400 some might at least that I saw today when I was just kind of searching generally. So yes, every single one of us, as we spend our lives reading the Bible, yes, we should study it, read all the things that Jesus has to say about prayer, all the verses about prayer. And, and really, that will help you understand. I mean, the, primarily in the, in the root of the language, prayer is about coming and making petitions to God, making requests to God. And certainly, that is a picture uh, that the Bible paints when you look at the verses, you know, kind of big picture. But what I'm talking about is also more generally just communicating with God, opening your heart and talking to God. And you can talk to God about anything. And remember, and I encourage you to listen to our, our video from a couple nights ago, God loves you. He is your loving creator and he wants, he, he, he desires this relationship with you. So let me read a couple more verses because I really think this, this helps set us up for success, especially as, as new Christians or Christians are maybe looking to come back to God. This can set us up for a good prayer life. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Okay? So, so certainly it does contemplate that when you come to God in prayer, you're making requests. But, but note what it's talking about. Don't worry about form. Don't worry about saying things over and over. Don't use vain repetitions. It's not about saying a certain prayer 50 times. It's not about saying a certain thing exactly the right way. Because God knows what you need even before you ask. Now look, I'm not saying that that means you shouldn't ask. That's not what we need to talk about tonight. You absolutely do need to make requests to God. And the Bible talks about that. Just as an example, in the book of James, it says, You have not because you ask not. And there is a place to study, you know, different ways of praying, making requests, praying for other people, praying for certain things in our life, taking the word of God and praying out scriptures over our lives. All of those things are very important, but, but that's not what we need to focus on tonight. What I want to focus on for just a moment is acknowledging that when you come to God, he knows every single thing you need. He knows everything you need today, and he knows everything you will ever need. And, and I like to acknowledge that when I pray. God, you know exactly what's going on in my life. You know every single situation in my life. There are no surprises. There's nothing I'm going to ask that, that's going to surprise you. You know everything that I need, God. And, you know, we're not talking about you know, making a request for, for things I don't really need or extravagant requests. I mean, we're just, we're not even going to get sidetracked with that tonight. We're talking about coming 
with a pure heart, with genuine needs. You know, you know, someone has a, lo a loved one with a sickness. Someone has a dire financial need. Someone has a kid that has a problem at school. These things that absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, God wants to help you with. God wants to see those situations rectified in your life. And you're coming to God. He knows exactly what you need. So you don't need to even go go through it at length. You see, God, let's let's talk about that right now. And you are my loving Father. You are my loving Creator. Let's talk about it because I know you want to bring me out. But let's look at another verse in the same uh, chapter. This is actually the immediately preceding verse, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Now, I love that he emphasizes your Father. All right, God is your Father. God is your parent. He loves you. He created you. And when you become a Christian, he absolutely becomes the biological father of your spirit, which is the real you. But then he goes on to say, then your father who sees everything will reward you. So notice first, you know, there is absolutely a place of public prayer. There's absolutely a, a place uh, to pray with other people. We'll call it the prayer of agreement. Call it corporate prayer, prayer meeting, whatever. But what we're really talking about, what Jesus is talking about in this Matthew chapter 6, is your personal relationship with God. He's saying, you look, you don't need to go out on the street corner and pray. You don't need to worry about who sees you praying. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about your one-on-one -on -one relationship with your Heavenly Father. Do that in the privacy of your private time with God. This is about you and God and no one else. Obviously, you want to bring your spouse, your child in. That's a little bit different, your parent. But what he's talking about is true communication between you and God. And what does it say? He sees everything. You see, what really has freed me in my prayer life is knowing that God knows everything. God sees everything. And so I can just come to him and I can be totally honest. You know, God, God, you know the mistake I made today. You know the mistake I made yesterday. You see the situation I'm in. You see my heart. You see how I feel. God, I'm anxious about something. God, I'm worried about something. God, I'm scared about something. God, I'm, I'm whatever it may be. I'm happy about something. I'm thrilled about something. Man. We had some situation in our personal lives where, where my honest prayer was, God, I don't even know the words to say thank you. Right, I, I couldn't. I don't even know how to express the gratitude that I feel to God. I mean, they're, they're really. They're, I just do not have the words for this situation that we've had in our life, even recently. I don't know how to thank God with my language, but but thank God, He sees my heart. He knows my heart, even though I don't have the words. He sees everything. He knows everything, and He He knows my gratitude towards Him. But but this is my point. God is wonderful. God is amazing. God has only good things for you and God loves you and God wants to communicate with you in prayer. He wants you to set aside time to go into a quiet place, to set aside, even if it's a few minutes. You know, for me, it takes about 10 minutes to walk the dog around the block, and that can be a great prayer time for me. Maybe it's five minutes before I, before I fall asleep when I'm laying in bed. Whatever it is, whatever works for you, begin having this open and honest dialogue with God.
He loves you. And, and as, you, as you begin speaking to him, truly out of your heart, not just reading prayers out of a book, not just repeating something you heard somebody else say, but when you're truly opening your heart to God, you know, the best way I can say this is you are opening yourself to, to the spiritual wavelength, right? And because remember, God is a spirit. God's not standing in the room with you in the flesh. You're not going to hear God with your natural ears. When you open yourself up and begin praying and communicating to God, you are opening yourself up to hear from him. And, you know, I'll remember, I just, I just have an example, you know, you know, I certainly came to God a, a little bit later in life. I, I accepted Jesus in the third grade, but I didn't pay any attention to him until I was about 21. And, and I remember one time I was in college and I, I lived in this house and I, I was really upset. And, you know, I realized I made a lot of mistakes in my life. And I just, as the first time I can really remember doing this, I just opened my heart and I said, you know, God, God, what am I doing with my life? What do you have for me? What do you want me to do, God? And, and you know, the best way I can describe it is I just, I just felt him in my heart, in my, in my spirit, just, just knowing that, 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 you know, my choice to be an English major and go to law school, that that was what God wanted me to do, that that was the right decision for me, that, you know, all those times where people told me, hey, you're an argumentative little kid, you're going to grow up to be a lawyer. I mean, literally, that's why I'm a lawyer, because I was one of those kids, and everybody said, oh, you're going to grow up to be a lawyer. But, but God coming and saying, you know what, yeah, that is my plan for you. You need to finish this major, you need to get in that law school, and that is what I have for you. And, and praise God, it's all worked out in, in amazing ways. Our, the things that happened in law school, and the way God brought people into our lives, and the way God protected you know, my college girlfriend, and she's my wife today, and the, all the things God did for us are so wonderful. But that was just, you know, really the first example I can remember of truly opening my heart and seeking God and, and hearing him communicate right back to me exactly what I needed. Yes, yes, Byron, this is the right thing. Now, too bad I didn't pay attention to a lot of the other things that, that he told me or I knew that I was doing wrong at that time. Probably would have avoided some stuff. But, uh, but you know, what are you going to do, right? God loves me. God forgives me. Praise the Lord. But, but look, guys, spend time truly opening your heart to God in prayer. He knows everything. He sees everything. He's not bashful. He's not a prude. He's not worried about the exact form that you approach him in. Obviously, we want to come to God with respect. We want to come to God with honor. He is holy, and we want to acknowledge those things. I'm not saying you treat him like your high school buddies. I'm not saying that, but you know that that's not what I'm saying anyway. He is your loving Father. And he wants the best for you. And he wants you to communicate with him. So as you are looking to connect and reconnect with God in your life, especially right now during this time, be open, be honest, spend time talking to him, even if it's just a little at a time. But, but do so patiently and in a relaxed mindset to the best you can. You, you open yourself up to hear back from him. And, and, you know, that's another subject and I've talked about it on Facebook here before, but, you know, there's nothing that will change your life like hearing from God and developing a dig, diligent prayer life, just like developing a di diligent life, reading the Bible. Those are two of the greatest ways that you can open yourself up to consistently hear from God. Guys, I love you. God bless you. My prayers are with you during this time. If I can do anything, please don't hesitate to, Text me, call me, uh, message me, and, uh, you know, God bless you.